Hey, thanks for joining us here at Broad River Church. For video messages and content, make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and follow our Facebook page. Find us at broadriver.church. This is a great way to stay connected throughout your week, no matter where you are. Right now, let's go to our lead pastor, Kevin Mullins, for this week's message. Welcome, everybody, to Easter at Broad River Church. Jesus Christ has risen from the dead, right? Check it. There was a day in actual human history where actual human history got turned on its head and everything changed. So we're glad you chose to show up here today. And listen, this is not about Broad River Church. This is about the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the defeat of death and the hope for eternal life that everyone in this room today has because of what happened on an actual Sunday about 2,000 years ago, give or take a few years. Is there anybody in this room that believes that's what matters most today? Amen. That's what matters. I want to invite you to open your Bible with me today to the Gospel of John. Uh, chapter 14. You've already heard Pastor Mike read the story of Easter, and in just a minute, we'll read a few verses that aren't directly resurrection-related, but they actually couldn't be any more directly related to the resurrection. Uh, we provided Bibles for everyone here uh, down in front of you or underneath your chair. Uh, you can find today's reading on page 901. I'd love for you to all have a Bible in your hands and get ready to read that. We'll read in just a, a minute. My name is Kevin, and on behalf of my wife, Jacinta, we are lead pastors here, and we're really glad that you've joined us on behalf of all the friends loving people of this church. We're happy to welcome you here today. In fact, I'd like to shout out to uh, two different groups of people here today. First of all, we have a lot of guests in the room with us today, and we also have people joining us every single week in our online campus. Broad River Church, just help me right now give all of these people here a really warm Resurrection Sunday welcome. We're so glad that you're here. And it's already been mentioned, it is Baptism Sunday. We've got everything you need. So maybe uh, you were baptized when you were very young, but you've made a new decision to follow Jesus. Today is your day. If you're wondering if today is your day, today is your day. Maybe you haven't been water baptized. That is the way that we make public uh, an internal decision. That's what believers in Christ have always done. And I can't think of a better day to be baptized than Easter Sunday morning. You already heard about this third service time option next Sunday, 12 p.m. in South Norwalk. We are just continuing to make room for people to find out more about Jesus and the life that he has for them. And we're excited about that. And I hope that you are too. Let me just add that we're starting also next week a, a really new, a really fun series of messages called At the Movies. The films that you love through the lens of the greatest story ever told. So we're going to take four movies over the next four weeks. Uh, next Sunday is Toy Story, the original one. Uh, then uh, let's see, one of my favorite movies called There Will Be Blood. And then on Mother's Day, there's a Sandlot. And then we're going to close the series with the latest installment of Spider-Man called No Way Home. Now, this is not, this series, how the movies explain who God is. This is how God explains who we are, 
All right, so, so this is a scripture first church. Scripture is going to lead the way in this series, not the movies, but we're gonna enjoy using the movies. And, and listen, this is for everyone, but let me, especially if you have kids or if you have friends that have kids, make sure they are here for all four weeks because next week when they show up out in the lobby are gonna be people like Buzz and Woody and Spidey and a few others out there welcoming them in, okay? They will be here in person next week, all right? So, and since it's the movies, we'll have popcorn and we'll have soda, soda available to be consumed at your discretion, parents, of course, at your discretion. Uh, but we're going to have a fun and impactful four weeks together. But first things first, John chapter 14, this is the gospel of John chapter 14, and this is what we read. Let not your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself that where I am, you may be also. And you know the way to where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the father except through me. I'd like to speak to you for a few short minutes this morning on this topic. Will the real Jesus Christ please stand up? I want you to turn to a couple people close to you there right now and just say to them, I want you to say to them, all the others are just imitating. Come on, tell them. All the others. You've heard this phrase, right? Will the real, and then you've got fill in the blank, please stand up. I did a search and there's an entry online. If you put this phrase in for anything you can imagine, a few of the top choices that I found when I looked were, will the real Darth Vader please stand up? And uh, I'm not sure why, but will the real Mitt Romney please stand up was really high up there. I can't even tell you why. Uh, there, was also, there was even a, will the real please stand up, please stand up article. I don't even know what that's about. But for, for most people in this room, when you see this, I think you know the origin or at least what it comes to mind when I say, will the real fill in the blank, please stand up. You're going to automatically be thinking about what? Yeah, it's Slim Shady, right? AKA Marshall Mathers, AKA Kim's husband, AKA Haley's dad, AKA Eminem, right? A name you didn't expect to hear this Easter, I'll bet. Now, M says... M says his primary concern is that while he is out there blowing up the 1990s pop music and rap scene, there are some imitators who are fronting on him. And I say fronting, not fronting, because, you know, anyway, let's, let's call them fake M&Ms, all right? And he, and he wants to let people know in this song who the real M&M is. At least that's what he says he's going to do. But then when you listen to the lyrics of the song, they're really less about talking about the imitators and more talking about who the real Shady is. He wants everybody to know that he says, I'm Slim Shady. Yes, I'm the real Shady. All you other Slim Shadies are just... So won't the real Slim Shady... Now, this, that was good. And the 930, we only got two, right? We got all four there. That's pretty, that's pretty good, all right? 
Now listen, that's just good business. If someone is coming after your business with a knockoff product, you don't spend time talking about the imitator. You focus on the real deal. You focus on who you really are, what you really got. So you might even think when you see this that this is a phrase that originally comes from Eminem, but he probably got his influence for this line, will the real fill in the blank, please stand up from this 1950s, 1960s talk show, not talk show, TV show called To Tell the Truth. Now this is before my time, but on this show, three contestants uh, would come out and try to convince uh, the, the, our three people would try to convince one contestant that they were a certain uh, person. So I watched an episode on YouTube where all three people claimed to be Dr. Seuss, for instance, but only one of them was. And then the contestants would ask questions and then make a, de- uh, a guess. And at the climax of the show, there you would find the host saying, will the real whoever, Dr. Seuss, or whoever they were pretending to be, will the real Dr. Seuss please stand up? And then they would. So that's kind of the influence. And as I was praying about having the chance, the honor to speak to you today on Easter Sunday, I couldn't stop thinking about John chapter 14, verse six. And Eminem could only wish to be making a statement with the kind of importance that Jesus makes here. But there is something similar going on. Watch this. I mean, who really cares in the scheme of things, if people are, are fronting on Eminem, all right? Who really cares? But in the second show, three different people pretending to be a real person, they could only hope that when they stood up, it would really matter because let's matter. But in Jesus's case, there's nothing been, there's never been anything that mattered more. Check it. There's never been anyone ever more represented in history than Jesus Christ. There's never been a person in history who has been shaped and created into so many different false versions of himself than Jesus. We find out in the first, very first part of the Bible that God created man in his own image. But watch this. Since then, man has consistently been creating God in his own image. We want to make Jesus say the things that we think he should say. We, we want to make Jesus act the way that we think he should act. We want to make sure that he supports the things that we support and that he condemns all the things that we condemn. Do it like this, Jesus. Right? Be like this, Jesus. Pastor Matthew Richards said it this way. Our mind works like a hammer and chisel forming the real Jesus into a creature of our making, carving out that which is uncomfortable and adding enhancements to please our desires. All throughout the Gospels, ouch is right. All throughout the Gospels, especially in the Gospel of John, Jesus says, just let me speak for myself. Let me tell you who I am. And one of those statements Those I am statements is right here in what we read today. And listen, this statement is not for the faint of heart, but I want it to ring in your ears on this Easter Sunday in 2022. Listen to Jesus as he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Leave that up there. Now, all you English nerds, and some of you are English nerds, I know, will we'll notice that Jesus uses the definite article, the. 
right? He intends to say something specific about himself and who he is. Listen, in this statement, Jesus is not making general statements about faith or, or about God. He's making an objective claim. And that kind of statement is hard for us to hear out here in 2022. We don't like objective statements. There are people in this room who don't even like it when people say that Tom Brady is the GOAT. Now listen, I'm not even a Patriots fan, a Buccaneers fan, not even necessarily a Patriots, a, 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 a Brady fan, but it seems like a pretty and open and shut case to me, okay? It just seems like there are people, including our worship director, who would say, no, he isn't. That's too definite a statement. I'm always amazed that there are people who don't accept the fact that Michael Jeffrey Jordan is the best basketball player to ever switch the nets, but... There are people who would say, Pastor, that's going too far. There are many great players out there. Bottom line, especially today, we don't like people making definite statements with any claim of objective truth. Today, I'm not going to focus on basic questions like, did Jesus exist? <coughs> Listen, there is more evidence that Jesus of Nazareth certainly lived than for most famous figures of the ancient past. In fact, I would just say at this point in history, it takes a pretty big leap of faith or a very biased mind to deny Jesus' existence. I'm not gonna do that today. In past years, right here on Easter, I've done more of the work around the question, did Jesus really resurrect from the dead? I'm not going there today necessarily. The, the evidence is deep and diverse, and it historically confirms this mind-blowing fact that the one called Jesus was once dead, but didn't stay that way. But for today, I want everyone to wrestle with this truth claim that Jesus made because there are these alternate versions of Jesus that get put in front of us. I compiled a list of about 12 alternate versions of Jesus, and I'm not gonna do all 12. If we did that, we'd be here for a couple of hours. So let me, let me point out three to you this morning, and I want you to let these three that I'm gonna point out, these alternate versions of Jesus serve as case studies for the other nine. Let me just mention three. Here's one the world has given us, what I have heard called Jesus the Therapist. Alternate version of Jesus, number one, Jesus the therapist. If you want to use your Connect card, you can use your Connect card to write notes down. Now listen, our church is pro-therapy. This is not an anti-therapy statement. Some of you need to get a therapist ASAP, okay? I didn't look up when I said that. I looked down. You saw how I did that? I'm not pointing fingers at anyone. That's not the point. But Jesus the therapist is an alternate version of Christ. What's Jesus the therapist? You can come to him and bring him your problems. He's there to listen. He'll even say affirming things like, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. He'll even ask you, how did that make you feel, right? And then maybe at the very end, there will be some tidbit of advice designed to get you confident to face another day and get your life back on track. This is very close to another version. We won't cover an alternate version. We won't talk about today. I would just call Jesus is my homie, right? Jesus, you can tell him anything. He won't tell anyone. He's good like that. And listen, most of the things that we say about the therapist Jesus are true, but they don't even go close to far enough. 
Because if you've ever done therapy, you know that as you're doing it, there's just all of these unanswered questions. And hear me, if all Jesus is to you is a therapist, you are going to live your life full of doubts and discouraged. When you leave the office of Jesus, the therapist, you're still going to be asking questions like, yeah, but does God have a plan for my life? Am I where God wants me to be right now? Am I surrendering? Am I missing out on greater things and higher levels? Check it. If you are looking for assurance in life, you are craving assurance that therapist Jesus can't satisfy. Therapist Jesus is a false Christ because listen, what Jesus has actually done, y'all ready for this, is died for you. There's nothing, no higher levels you're gonna miss out on all because with the real Jesus, he is crucified with you. All there is with Jesus is one that came to you when you could not go to him. And he baptized you and he claimed you and he made you his own. I gotta calm down, I got two, two more to go. I gotta calm down here, all right? Therapist Jesus is a false Christ. Here's a second one. I have heard it called, you have to go like this when you do it. I've heard it called Jesus, my mystic friend. Right? This is the Jesus that just kind of, he just kind of floats around everywhere. And you always find him saying weird, disconnected things. And he, he might be talking about how the stars align over here and how this particular vortex over here can open the doors. And he's, he's kind of always glassy-eyed and looking off into the distance, except no one really knows what he's looking at. This is Jesus, my, my mystic friend. And he seems to be very spiritual and probably enlightened. He's always speaking for God and having something laid on his heart. And with Jesus, my mystic friend, it's all teeny sensations and warm feelings in your heart. And watch this. Everybody hear this. Jesus, my mystic friend, is always directing us to go inward and discover who we really are and learning to love ourselves before we can learn to love anyone else. And we have to learn to forgive ourselves first. And again, some of that is real. Some of that is connected to how Jesus is. But again, there is no assurance there. This is a false Christ. Somebody needs to say amen this morning. Hear this today. The forgiveness that Jesus gives and the life and salvation that Jesus offers does not come from within us. And you will not find those things by turning inward. Hmm. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah makes it very clear what we find when we turn inward. He says this, he said, the heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick. Who can understand it? Martin Luther said it this way, we must be taught a righteousness that comes, watch this, completely from the outside of us and is foreign to us. Let me say it simpler today. Our assurance, our hope, our righteousness comes from the outside. It comes from the real Jesus. Jesus, my mystic friend, is an alternate false Christ. One more alternative version of Jesus. Alt Jesus number three. I'm going to call it social justice Jesus. Now, you have to be careful and hear what I'm going to say or you're going to miss something this morning. So be careful to listen over the next couple of minutes. This Jesus, this social justice Jesus, this Jesus is only, everybody say only, 
only concerned with ridding the world of all inequality, economic inequality, political lack of justice, social conditions that aren't right. That's the focus. Check it. Sin, falling short of the way that God created me to live, is not the issue with social justice. Jesus, uh, th th this version of Jesus, it's just about ending oppression of this or that social group. That's the problem. In fact, if you want to earn favor with God, with social justice, Jesus, do, just do good works. Get involved with various social justice issues. You and God will be on the same side. You and Jesus in this together. Everybody hear this. This is a false Christ. Now get this. There's never been a man more concerned with oppression than Jesus. And there is no spiritual justice that doesn't involve social justice. This is not an anti-social justice church. We're about it, okay? And when Jesus lived on this earth, his people, and, and you need to watch how he does this, his people were oppressed by a group of Romans, and he, they were oppressed by another group called the Pharisees, and they were oppressed by yet another group called the Sadducees. The Sadducees, just interesting note that they, they uh, denied the bodily resurrection. They said, when you died, you cannot be resurrected. Sadducees denied bodily resurrection. That's why they were sad, you see. All right, all right, all right. I'm sorry. I feel so bad right now. But Jesus... All that going on, but Jesus did not come to tear down those groups. He, he spoke against them, but that wasn't his solution to the problem. What was Jesus' solution? Do you remember? His solution was for all people to come to repentance. He came asking people to repent. What does repent mean? It means to, you were going this way, now turn around and go the other way. That's what the word repent means. The real Jesus has come to set us free from a deeper problem that is true of all of us, not just a certain group of people. And as I'm finishing these three, I know it's a lot as I'm looking across this crowd today for some that have gathered in today. Some of you that are here aren't even sure what you think about Jesus anyway, and that's fine. Uh, you, you, you're not even sure certainly how you feel about the church. I get it. Some of you are here against your will. I know that on Easter. I know some of you are only here because you got bribed, right? Somebody said, if you will go with me, then I will take you to lunch, all right? That's a good strategy, by the way. I recommend it. So here I am with all of that in mind, using words like repentance and sin and deceitful hearts, and it's a lot to take in. I just want you to know that if, if this is you, I'm so glad that you're here. Right, You are welcome. This is a church that you can belong even before you believe. And as we end today, I want to end the way that Eminem decided to take down the imitators, all right? He said, he said I'm not going to talk about the imitators. Let me just show you who I really am. And that's exactly what Jesus is saying in this verse when he says, I am the way and the truth and the life. Now, there's another time where Jesus is traveling with his disciples and as they're walking, he just kind of casually asks his disciples, he says to them, ask them a question. He says, who are people saying that I am? 
You can read this on your own time in Matthew 16. So this is a topic that's important to Jesus because he brings it up. And when he asked this question, his disciples have some different responses. One of the disciples says, you can see it all in Matthew 16. Some people say, Jesus, that you're John the Baptist. And John the Baptist is what, a deeply spiritual, religious person? He's Jesus' cousin. He's religious to the point of denying basic comforts for himself. He's someone who points to God and says, there God is. So you can see Jesus, not, okay, they say I'm John the Baptist. All right, all right. Who else do they say? Well, some people, Jesus, say you're Elijah or one of the prophets. The prophets, you know these guys, right? They speak for God. They speak about God's way of doing things. They tell people how God is going to come and interact with people. So you can just see this list unfolding to the answer to the question that Jesus asked. People say, Jesus, you're a really good man. People say, you're the greatest teacher ever. People say that you can teach people how to do the right moral things once and for all. And you can see just Jesus just listening to all these answers and taking it all in. And then he asks them a different question. He says, okay, but who do you say that I am? Man, you need to get this. He changes up the question. He goes from asking them, from asking them what they've heard to asking them what they believe. He says, okay, what about you? And when he asks this question, there's this disciple named Peter that speaks up. It's a moment you deserves a movie. You can just imagine everything just standing still and everyone being still and quiet. And Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And I'm here this morning to ask you the same question. I'm actually begging you to consider this question. Could you put it up here? I remember my dad saying to me when I was very young, that the most important thing about you, he said, Kevin, the most important thing about you is what you think about when you think about God. Why did he say that? Because what we do as humans is we remake God into whatever image and likeness makes us feel comfortable. Our sinful hearts, and I wouldn't be saying it right this morning if I didn't say your sinful heart remakes Jesus into whoever you want him to be. So would you answer this question this morning? Who do you say that Jesus is? And while you're considering that question, I do want everyone to answer it today, and you're gonna have a chance to answer and act on your answer today, all the way to being baptized if you want to. But as you're answering, I want you to hear what Jesus said about himself. Because everybody hear me this morning, because the real Jesus did stand up. In fact, he didn't just stand up, the scripture says that he got up. He, he, he was beaten down almost to death. He was strung up in shame on a wooden cross. He was speared in the side. He was mocked and spit on. He was beaten until he finally, until he finally died. And then he's buried in a borrowed grave for three days. But then, and it matters because it had never happened before, but then Jesus got up. As you're answering this question, who do you say that Jesus is? Listen to what he said about himself. He said, I am the bread of life. 
We are starving beggars looking for food and only Jesus can sustain us. He said, I am the light of the world. We are spiritually blind from birth and Jesus is the original and eternal source of light. He said, I am the gate of the sheepfold. We are lost and outside of God's will and Jesus is the only door to life. He said, I am the good shepherd. We are orphans like lost sheep just wandering around and Jesus knows us and cares for us. He said, I am the true vine. We are dead and useless branches just lying on the ground. And Jesus is our source of reconnecting and reanimating life. He said it. You've already heard it today. I am the way and the truth and the life. We are lost and ignorant and dead without him. And Jesus is the only path to God. He's the only truth about God. The giver of life. And I saved the best for last today. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. Hallelujah. We are doomed to death, but because of our sin and Jesus is the key to escaping that death. Jesus got up. He didn't just stand up. The real Jesus Christ got up. He got up. Don't think about Rocky getting knocked down and barely getting up at the 10 count, right? Just barely making it to his feet. No, Jesus wasn't just knocked down. He was killed. Jesus wasn't just laid out. He was buried. And he didn't just barely get back to his feet. Listen, those guys that just barely get to their feet on the 10 count, what's about to happen to them in just a minute? They're going back down again, right? But the Bible says that when Jesus got up, he got up with power, the scripture says. In fact, it goes further that it says he got up with all power in his hands. <laughs> He's got all that includes the power to handle anything that seems too big for you. Jesus got up. He's provided a place for you. I want you, everybody to hear this this morning because of his death, because of his burial, because of his resurrection, he has secured a place for you in God's family. So I have two chances and choices I wanna put in front of you today. The first is for those that are here today that maybe have never made a decision to follow Jesus and Maybe you've heard about him. Maybe you've even sung songs about him, but you've never made that decision to say, I want you to rule. I want you out front. I want you to lead the way. I believe that you are who you said you are. I want to give you the, cho the chance today to, to pray a prayer just of, of surrender, asking the Lord to take control of your life. I, I want you to have that chance today in just a minute. And then for anybody that wants to, a, a wonderful way to respond, it's what Christians have always done is to be baptized. And again, I can't think of a better day than Easter Sunday to be baptized. So I'm gonna give you that opportunity in just a minute. We have everything that you need to be comfortable, but we also have everything you need to, to be baptized. And that's the it's the important thing of making public what we've decided on the inside. Would you close your eyes with me all across this building right now? Lord Jesus, I thank you that you have gathered those that are here today. Lord, you have turned our mourning into dancing. You've removed our grave clothes. Our funeral clothes have come off. They've been replaced with 
clothes of joy and spirits of joy and voices of joy that we can lift to you. Lord, I'm grateful because I know that there's no one here by accident, even those that came maybe even partially against their will, you ordained from the beginning of time that this would be a day that they'd be in this room. So thank you for the, those that you've gathered in. I believe there's some people in the room today that would want to say that Easter 2022 was the day that I decided to follow Jesus, to make him Lord of my life. If that's you today and you've, you've heard these words today or maybe you've heard them in the past or as we were singing, you just felt something tugging at your heart. I just want you to know that that is Jesus calling your name, that he wants you to be a part of his family. So I wanna give you a chance to pray a prayer. And listen, this prayer is not the prayer that saves you. What saves you is the power of, of Jesus Christ and what he's done. He's the one that saves you. But this prayer is just a, a it's a symbol, it's a, it's a signal, it's a start. It's a start to your decision. So right now, nobody is looking around. This is just a moment between you and God, but I would love to, to know who I'm praying with this, this morning. If, if that's you and you'd like to pray this prayer to, to make Jesus the Lord of your life for the first time or maybe for the first time in a long time, while no one's looking around, would you just lift your hand in the air? I'd like to know who I'm praying with this morning. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. In Broad River Church, nobody prays this prayer alone. If this is you praying this for the first time, just repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you for coming for me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for your resurrection and the new life that I have in you. And now I give you my heart. Forgive me of my sins. Turn me back to you. I want to follow you all of my days. I love you, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks again for joining us here at Broad River Church. Our heart is that you would come to know God, find freedom, discover your purpose so that you can make a difference. If you'd like to take a next step in your journey following Jesus, just visit broadriver.church slash next steps. We'll see you next time.